Welcome to Not in the Lap of the Pods podcast with David, Joe, and me, Paul. So this is our wee supplementary podcast where we discuss other bands that are not Queen. Because you can only listen to Queen for 23 hours a day, and that other hour is for lesser mortals. That's true, mm-hmm. aye? Yep. Right. Yep. So today we are discussing the Beatles and their 1966 album, Revolver. So before we get into the album, uh, let us acknowledge our brothers in the Deep Dive Podcast Network. So if you love Deep Purple, Black Sabbath, Uriah Heap, Iron Maiden, Leonard Skinner, Hot Wind, and chats with legends like Steve Cropper, then the Deep Dive Podcast Network is for you. All the details are on Twitter at DeepDivePodNet. Okay, so we'll, get, we'll do a wee bit of uh, background on the album, and then I'll get your general thoughts, and then we'll, we'll get into the tracks. Does that sound okay? Sweet. Sounds, sounds yeah. great. Yep, yep. So a wee bit of background on the album. The band recorded Revolver between the 6th of April and the 21st of June 1966, and it was released on the 5th of August that year. Prior to recording the album, the band had a bit of a break, allowing each member to embrace his wealth and influence. Paul became involved in the avant-garde scene in London, visiting galleries and funding underground magazines like the International Times. John was deep into LSD by this point uh, and influenced by the writings of Timothy Leary and stuff like that. Um, George, he was diving deep into Indian music and Ringo, Ringo was chilling in his big house with his wife Maureen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quite a Sounds contrast like, then, eh? Exactly what I would be doing as well, man, yeah. if I was Ringo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ringo, Ringo had it right. He was yep. the one. Uh, lazy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was John. It was a lazy bastard. Sleep naughty. Ah, I suppose aye. Aye. So the album was produced by the legend that is George Martin and was engineered by Jeff Emerick. I think Jeff Emerick was like about 21 at the time or something. Very young. Uh, very inexperienced. This was like his first kind of job, big job. And he was quite nervous about it. And he was wanting to do really well. So um, basically the band were just like, do this and do that. I, I want this to sound like that. And he would, him, him and George Martin would find a way to, to make that sound, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So, so the two of them were... They were responsible uh, for creating the sounds that were in the heads of the band at the time. Um, and we'll talk about that as we play the tracks. Um, and so so the kind of things that we're doing were um, break, basically breaking the rules of uh, Abbey Road Studios at the time. So, for instance, uh, you the absolute uh, maximum... Uh, Distance you could have, you could make a, a bass drum, for instance, was 18 inches. You couldn't go any further in than that because it was written down somewhere. That you, that was because uh, someone at uh, Abbey Road said if it was closer, there would be a danger that it would, uh, <laughs> mental, it would make the needle jump off the record. Oh, too much space, yeah. too much space. <laughs> yeah. So their knowledge wasn't quite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even so, still quite primitive. So, yeah, okay. yeah. So mm. that. So I think you know this new, relatively new invention, which is pop and rock music. They didn't really know how to handle it, and uh, you know, as, as we we go through the sixties, you know, 
that there was there was engineers saying to Jimi Hendrix, for instance, oh, we're, we're getting a bit of feedback on you, you know, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> I it's meant to be there. <laughs> aye, aye, that kind of thing. So, but, you know, guys who are brought up, you know, um, recording, you know, orchestras and jazz bands and all that, very clean, very, you know, just getting the sound as pure as possible. And, you know, you're getting these young guys coming in and they're wanting basically to fuck up, the, you know, the sound and, yeah. you know, create some, you know, get distortion and all the rest of that. So, you know, um, so breaking the rules in terms of making, um, they rewired a Leslie speaker cabinet to get a certain effect on Tomorrow Never Knows. Um, and they turned a loudspeaker into a microphone um, to uh, make up uh, Paul McCartney's bass. Um and also, one of the maintenance guys at EMI managed to managed to invent this new thing, especially for the Beatles, called automatic double tracking. So, at this, you know, up to this point, um, an artist would have to, you know, do, sing whatever it was, sing the line, and then they would have to go back and sing it again, and you know, uh, try and marry it up, and you know, to thicken up the sound. Um, and John Lennon absolutely hated doing this. So this <laughs> this this guy, and I'm sorry, I've forgotten his name. It's terrible. He went away and he he created this thing where, um, and it's dead hard to explain. It involves some sort of oscillator that um, you put it out a kilter and uh, by a, out a phase out a phase. Yeah, aye. yeah. Yep. Um, and they. It creates a you know a double track sound from the other just just the the other just the one recorded. track yeah so Aye. you play you play it back record it but knock it a bit off kilter and it, it, the, it thickens yeah. it thickens the sound yeah. up yeah. Right? but yeah. it's, you don't even notice it yeah like, it's just so, my so that, that that was that was a new thing in this album as well because um, that's the thing if they were if they were both in phase they would be cancelling each other out yeah and, it would just you know I, it would just I, be pointless so, a pointless would, exercise uh, so that's that's yeah. uh, oscillator thing you know would knock it off by and I, and I think that if it's yeah. knocking off by like milliseconds or you know half a second or whatever or whatever it is it's probably not as much as half a second right enough but I'm going to assume it'll give that more natural vibe like he has actually double tracked it as opposed yeah, yeah. to yeah, you I, know rather than you know just being bang on you know yeah. um and I think I, I think they used this oscillator as well with, uh, as a kind of uh, like a almost like an instrument as well to manipulate the the um, the sound of the vocals as well. So um, they already they already were experimenting with something called very speed. So they would slow down the tape, you know, to change the sound of you know the uh, voices and stuff like that. Um, and there's a lot of that in this album, but I think they use the oscillator as well, uh, other than just the double tracking thing. Um, so yeah, lots of lots of studio trickery going on here, and I think um, the the Beatles were, were coming to the end of their life as a, a touring band. I think after Revolver came out, they had a tour, a, a quick tour of the UK, and then they went over to America and did a few dates there. And their last ever. Uh, gig was at Candlestick Park. I think it was the 29th of August uh, that year. So, you know, three weeks after the album came out. And that was the last li live gig until they, they played on the, the, roof. the roof. Yeah, in 1970. Um, so, and, and they had no intention of playing any of these tracks live. So, therefore, they just went to town in terms of the sound. Yeah. So, I over, over learn it and stuff yeah. like that. So, they had no, you know, they, they these weren't 
made to be recreated in any way in a live environment. So um, it'd be very difficult to do anyway, I think. Um, Some of the tracks, definitely. Yeah. So, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, um, quite a groundbreaking album. And, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it over to you. Uh, David, what's your, what's your impressions of the, the Beatles and the, this album in general? What, what, what'd you, what, how's it How's it sitting for you? I mean, we've kind of touched upon this through the, the Queen pods and I guess my my feelings for the Beatles and Joe's done the same. Um, obviously, you're the, the massive Beatles fan. We are, you know, not. not. <laughs> <That's a laughs> uh, um, so I, I think um, they've always been a band I've always respected and I would always defend. If I heard someone saying, you know, dismissing them, I would definitely, you know, jump to their defence. It was one of the kind of situations. Um, because I think that you know there can be a lot of ignorance around the Beatles, mm. and there can be a lot, a lot of over worship as well. You know, it can go Aye. both ways. You know, yeah. so um, <laughs> but, and it's yeah. the same with Queen as well. They can be over worship yeah. a Queen as well when you're saying, oh, "Come on, they did do things wrong," you know, and 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 the Beatles probably did as well. But um, I'm kind of digressing a wee bit. The first time I really heard the Beatles, I was very young, and it was that uh, tape that we had in the house at Number Ones. It was a white. Cover, yeah, uh, t- 20 greatest hits, 20 yeah. greatest hits. That was the one, yeah. so that was the one that was on that you yeah, played but, constantly. Yeah, um, I, I, I sneakily bought it, um, for my mum and dad's Christmas. And, and they, I mean, they were, they were Beatles fans, they played it, but I played it more than they did, you know. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. So, so uh, it was that tape that was on constantly. So, the, those 20 songs on that, hmm. I know pretty much inside out, yeah, and uh. And that's the thing. I think um, it's it's weird. I'm trying to figure out why that didn't send me on my way. Then mm. you know, with being a, a massive Beatles fan, and I've been trying to kind of figure out why. I guess the only th- the thing I can put it down to is I liked them, but I didn't feel them. Yeah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. That. Yep. You know, I, you know, yep. They, you know, there were good songs, really catchy, and you know, I liked hearing them, but they they didn't just they didn't get inside yeah. me. That, no, um, just that emotional connection because I'm I'm the yeah. same way. For instance, the Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. I know that I know that they're good, but there's just not something just that doesn't connect yeah. with you. That, that little bit, that little yeah. bit extra to make to make me <clears throat> love them, and you know, yeah, I, I get, I get you. Yeah. That's it. So, kind of really, I can I couldn't really fathom because um, even again, listening to Revolver for the podcast um, and 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 knowing these songs, I mean, I know at least half of them anyway prior to listening to the album. And um but I just trying to figure out why why there was that kind of that that kind of disconnect, I guess. But listening to this album, listening to Revolver, I'm starting to feel that connection start to happen a wee bit more. Um just listening to this album and and I don't own any Beatles albums. Um I've, I've owned, I own a lot of albums massively influenced by the Beatles. Um, I don't actually own any Beatles albums and there's probably people like Spitting, you know, choking their coffee right now. You know, listening to this or whatever. <laughs> but I don't, and it's not a, it's not, a, you know, it's not a source of pride for me. And I don't own any Beatles albums or anything like that. It's just, it's just never happened for me. The Beatles, but uh, listening to this album, it's undeniable. It's undeniable. Their musicality, their, their absolute genius. It's, it's actually, actually, it's not, in, not in any question. I don't think um, listening to this, and there's certain songs on this that I'm really glad I've heard now, and you know, I really. You know, we'll listen to a lot more, um, but we'll get. I guess we'll get into that when we get into the tracks. But um, 
I'm more, I'm more of a Beatles fan than I was before we started listening to it, before I started listening to this album for the podcast. So, yep. So I'm looking forward to to talking about some of these some of these tracks. Cool, man, Mister Joe. Mister Joe hates this fucking band. Ah, <laughs> no, nah, nah, not at all. Um, right, the Beatles. I think, like David said, I think we've already kind of spoke about the Beatles and the Queen Pod. Um, but for anybody that hasn't caught those little nuggets, um. David said there that, you know, the reason he maybe didn't feel the Beatles initially was because, you know, he didn't really connect with it. I had a different experience. My dad was a massive Beatles fan and he was a Beatles fan, right, you know, from day one. You know, he bought the records when they came out and I had all the original vinyl. He actually had the, the gold parlophone ones that are worth a fortune, but they were yeah, all they were cool. all scratched to shit. Overplayed, uh, but, uh, because they used to take them to house yeah. parties and stuff back yeah. in the day. That's what people used to do with their records. You'd go to a party and you know That's take their records with you and stuff. So Beatles were in my life from I was a kid, from a baby, my entire life. You know, growing up, um, my dad played the Beatles constantly, and you know, constantly told me that you know fucking oxygen didn't exist until the Beatles started playing. Uh. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> That had a really negative um, impression on me because everything that I liked was shit because my dad liked the Beatles. So I was like, fuck the Beatles. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And I was I, I was like that right up to pretty much I listened to this album. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, a, a pretty, listen, it's a pretty healthy attitude to have, you know, fuck I, your parents, you know, you I, wanted to rebel, you know. Well, do you know what, yeah. see, if he, see if he hadn't, if he hadn't, went about it the way he went about it. I probably would have got into them myself and enjoyed mm. it, but when you're told that to turn that shit off and the stuff you're listening that. to, you know, that shit, and then co- constantly comparing everything you listen to to the Beatles, I was just like, man, fuck this band. I, I've, I just, mm. this, is the, this is like his music. This is my music. Yeah. Um, yep. Queen was my band. Um, obviously, the first band that I properly loved and who are obviously very influenced by the Beatles, you know, and their diversity. But yeah, so that's my... My journey with the Beatles, but you know, although I say that, I under I completely understand. Even with you know, when I, I quote unquote didn't like them, I knew they were innovators, man. You know what I mean? I, I would never hmm. have slagged them in that sense. I would, you know, like David said, if somebody had said to me the Beatles are shite, I'd I went, nah, they're, 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 you can't actually say they were shite. There's no way because um, all the engineering stuff that they, they pioneered, not just them but the, the your man martin as well you know let's not leave him out yet because he's a massive part of the story but um i so i would always stick up for him you know depending if my dad was about if my dad was about i'd be like agreeing with whoever was hating on him just to fucking annoy him but, um, <laughs> so yeah yeah it's undeniable how influential they are and uh, this album for me when we when i started listening to it i was actually amazed that how much it I actually knew subconsciously because you know my dad playing it when I was a baby basically. Um, this album for me is hands down, I would say, the best Beatles album I've heard. Um, and obviously, we'll go into a wee bit of you know of that when we start listening to the songs and stuff. But for me, I started listening to stuff before I started listening to Revolver for this podcast, but then as you do, I was really enjoying it, so I started to listen to albums before it. I started listening to albums after it. And I do like, um, you know, stuff on all those albums, you know what I mean? But um, for me, this album really stands out because I pretty much like everything on this a lot. Mm. There's only one song I don't like on it, but obviously we'll get to that. 
but uh, but all the other stuff on it's is excellent, man. And it's excellent from a compositional point of view. It's excellent from just a even lyrical point of view. There's some there's some great storytelling in these songs as well. Mm-hmm. And I like I like that. I, I really enjoy that in music. I like the songs that kind of tell a story and stuff like that. And I think Paul McCartney was the kind of you'll correct me, Paul, but I think Paul McCartney was the kind of guy who was the, the, the better lyricist out of the two of them. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Um, Aye. It, it depends, you know, they, they kind of go back and forward, you know. Um, you know, McCartney's known for the ballads and all that, but then he wrote Helter Skelter, which, Aye, is, which like is a heavy pro, song. Proto-heavy metal, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Lennon did In My Life and, you know, uh, other stuff, you know, very soft, very reflective and all that. It, you know, I, I think... Um, they, I mean, they did. They did actually write together. So, you know, McCart- McCartney would turn up uh, uh, certainly around this period when they were writing Revolver. <laughs> McCartney would basically go to Lennon's house and wake him up in the afternoon. He'd still be in his bed, and they, and, they would, and they would do writing sessions. So, you know, certain songs are you know McCartney. M- McCartney wrote, let's face it, about ninety percent of Ireland a rugby. But I think Lennon did. You know, add the odd line Bits in, and it, yeah. So, um, they set. I mean, they certainly worked together, um, and uh, it, it probably wasn't until you got to the White Album when it, it was noticeably, this is a Lennon song, this is a McCartney song. You know, they wrote. You know, they were, you Different. know, breaking apart really, um, in, in terms of being a, a solid partnership. So, yeah, yeah, right. um. Yeah, that's uh, a great point about the songwriting. Um, the previous album, Rubber Soul, um, the, the track I spoke about there, In My Life, yep. um, that was probably the first song that they'd done that wasn't about relationships or being in love or anything aye, like that. Yep, aye, yeah, boy-girl yep. type of stuff. Aye. And certainly on this album, you know, there's a bit of that, but it's, you know, it's, it's about... You know, philosophy, experience. You know, drugs. You know, the tax man, tax man. Yeah, um, it's social commentary, and it's you know talking about philosophy. It's you know, um, the, and this is this is the for me the this is an absolute masterpiece as far as I'm concerned in terms of everything: the production, the the innovation, the songwriting, the just the tunes. You know, it's just perfect for me. And you know, um, I it's and and I'm a, I'm you know I'm a bit of a bore when it comes to the Beatles and 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 I'm probably a bit like your dad in that respect. I no, you're nothing you know, like him, man. Um, <laughs> I, 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 it really does fuck me off when people say, "Ah, the fucking Beatles were overrated." See, as far as I'm concerned, they're underrated. They're fucking underrated. The Beatles. Right, so there you are. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Listen, man, I, I, I get where you're coming from. Do you know what I mean? I get where you're coming from. But the, the, I mean, the thing that that, that kind of struck me about this was, again, you kind of said there was like sonically, I just thought it was impressive. You know how clear it was. Um, you know everything was, although it's in mono and it's split across both ears and stuff like that, it's still crystal mm. clear. Like uh, there's no, there's not a muddy, there's no muddy production on it. Do you know what I mean? It's all very clean. Uh, aye, and just punchy. It just sounds really. It sounds kind of like we've mentioned this before. Uh, it's just. It sounds like a band that's just been mic'd up, 
very well and recorded live. Do you know what I mean? I know it wasn't recorded live per se. It's obviously been done in bits, you know, overdubs and stuff. But I think the core of it was probably live, like the yeah, drums they, and the bass. They always, they always, they always did a solid backing track. Yeah, kind of like Queen, um, kind of like yeah, Queen. Yeah, yeah. And then they put the, over, the overdubs yeah, on top. And, the and, 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 and they, they got that perfect. And then they would add the, the stuff on top there. Yeah, I suppose most bands did that in those particular days, you know. Um, I mean, they were the band of the first to do it, so. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, but aye, but listen, man, I. I really, really enjoy it. And like David said, I think um, after this, it's it's uh, opened me up more to the Beatles, without a doubt, um, because I didn't think it was possible to enjoy a record as much as I enjoyed this from the Beatles. So, uh, I guess I just, I was wanting to pick up the whole mon- stereo mono thing, because you, know, you mentioned mono, because this is clearly stereo, isn't it? <laughs> uh, it, it is. Um, the, um, it's, a, it's a strange... Um... Is it? I thought it was still mono. It's a strange thing where because um, like, you've got drums on one side clearly yeah. on one side and then like, a vocal on the other yeah. side, you know, like completely panned to the left. Yeah. You can't achieve that with mono, you know. So that's yeah. I was going to ask you about that because I know the, the Beatles recorded the mono to a certain point, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think they recorded. I, I think it was done in both this right. album. Um, the the UK release I think was in mono, right. um, but the the. The American version, which had different, was different. I mean, they right. took certain tracks out and all that. Because um, uh, I suppose, because I remember, um, I, I suppose the, the version, like, I guess me and Joe have been listening to will be like the Spotify version, the version, all that kind of thing. So I was, I was, that's what I was going to ask, because obviously we've yeah. lost the stereo version, but I'm a, assuming maybe originally, so as you say, it probably yeah. came out in, um, in the UK yeah. originally kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And so all the, these things would have just been. So, because yeah. I remember, I remember it was that Iceland Lemmy movie. Because then he's talking to the person in the record shop over it. Aye. Yeah, that's right. I, I think Sergeant Pepper was the first one that was just done in stereo. Right. Um, but as I say, the, the, the record company in America, Capital Records, um, they insisted on stereo. So uh, the, it, was, it was a stereo version done for them. Um, and uh, I'm Only Sleeping and Your Bird Can Sing and Dr. Robert weren't on that album. Right. The American version. It wasn't until uh, Sergeant Paper that they actually stopped, they, they standardised the, the, the albums because up to then, the American version of Beatles albums had different things in them. Why was know. that? Why was that? Um, the... Different marker or something? Is it something about that? I basically, it was like, uh, you know, some A&R guy at Capitol Records was like, no, we'll have that. We'll have, they were just, they, they would literally pick and choose what they would have on. And the, the Beatles themselves were, 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 you know, they were unhappy about it, but they can't, they couldn't do anything about it, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so that's why. But even people in America, they'll buy the UK version because they consider they consider the UK releases to be the proper yeah, Beatles sure. albums. Because ah, yeah. they're from yeah. here and stuff from like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, there's, you could talk all night uh, shenanigans with this band, you know. Um, but... Um, but we, I just, uh, uh, just having a wee look there, sorry, Paul. I just had a ah, sure. quick, quick Google there. Um, if, I, if this article's right, it's... Sounds like it might have been Abbey Road was the first one that was that can maybe come out in stereo at the time. Oh, is that um, right? I, uh, thought did, I thought they did a stereo version of. So it says Abbey Road as well. Again, this article, which looks fairly credible, 
Um, uh, it says Abbey Road's the first album that the band released in stereo only, kind of thing. So, uh, so yeah, was that something that the Beatles fought against? Were they against stereo? Because obviously, to me, to us in this day and age, stereo would be like the, the obvious thing to do. Did they, did they think? Yeah, that's like, that. Did the they think there was going to be a, 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 a somehow a a deterioration in the song quality or something by I'm using a, stereo? Or? I'm I'm not done if it was today with like um, people's home technology. Maybe most people only had a yeah. mono setup, so there was no point really releasing right, things. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, 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 and then obviously, I stereo yeah. started becoming. I say I and, and and you've got to remember, you know, up, up to a certain point, um, it you know w- most people weren't really buying LPs; they were buying singles. Aye, true. Um, and that's why the, that's why the Beatles, you know, for instance, in, in this period, released Paperback Writer and Rain, because that's what they would do. They would release singles independent of the album that was coming out. You know, although on on Revolver they did release. Uh, uh, Yellow Submarine and um, Ella Rigby, but um, but that was later on. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think I think the, the thought was until a certain point, um, it was most people bought singles and LPs weren't really you know they were maybe a wee bit niche. You know there wasn't as many people would buy LPs. Obviously that that I think the the. Um, the kind of golden age of LPs started maybe, maybe say for Sergeant Pepper onward, you know, because you've got all these other bands coming in, mm-hmm. you know, and Psychedelic Rock and, you know. Concept records. and Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the, the Who were starting to bring out, you know, uh, Who came out with Tommy and, yeah, yeah so so it was like, you know, the, the LP came into its own then. But I think up to this point, it, the single was probably um, uh, more of a, a saleable thing, Um so, um, I, I, I mean, I don't know about the mono stereo thing. That's a, that's an interesting. I'm not really sure. I haven't. I haven't yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody out there. I don't know. Um, so whoever's listening, to this, just let us know. Let us know. <laughs> so, tax man, track one. Or is your known facts man? So, uh, the Beatles were paying super tax. Um, so, it was basically 95% of their earnings went to the government. Jesus Christ. 95%. What? Yeah. That's ridiculous, man. So, a lot of people are like, oh, George, you're being a bit of a dick here and all that. But when you think about it, you know. Did George Harrison write this song, eh? Yeah, this is George. Right. George is singing it. Yeah. Is it? Is that George? I thought I was. I thought I was uh, John. Uh, John Lennon. Ah, so did I. This is George. Ah, okay. That's blowing my mind. That's, That's cool. A, so uh, you know, they're letting George open this album. Yeah, uh, yeah. Again, another parallel with Queen, letting other guys in band sing. If yep. you listen to this riff, think about the jam. Aye, totally. Aye. Yep. With the jangly guitars and the, the stabby jam- guitars. And this is stabby guitars. This is basically the jam's whole career. This, <laughs> this song, you know. Uh, the bass playing in this is fucking ridiculously good. The bass yeah. playing. Thumping, thumping hard. Yeah. Dum, yeah. But quite noodly as well. Yeah. Quite a noodly bass line. And that solo there. I, ah. I was Paul playing that solo. What? Uh-huh. Yeah, very jaggy, kind of. Aye, uh, rhythmical. Yeah. Uh, 
Or did you just decide to everybody swap instruments on this song or what? Because <laughs> um, Paul, did, Paul was originally a guitar player um, and he only switched the bass because nobody else wanted to do it and he said, I'll, I'll do it then, kind of thing. But he was a guitar player before. All right. Um, yeah. But I suppose like most bass players then. <laughs> aye, aye. Pretty aye, much. Aye. But uh, he certainly, him being McCartney, he was like, okay, I'll do this, but I'm going to make sure that I'm the best at doing it, you know? He was very, uh, very driven that way. Right. Or you can tell because uh, the yeah. bass line's great. Yeah. Um, and it, uh, you know, when I'm talking about the Beatles being underrated, nobody talks about McCartney and his uh, bass playing ever. You get the odd guy, you'll go, Paul McCartney, if you listen aye. to him aye. playing bass, he's absolutely shredding it, you know? Um, great drum sound in that as well, man. Yeah. The, drum, the actual drum sounds cracking. It really yeah. cuts through, aye? Yeah. Absolutely. And um, I think um, the, the lyrics are really witty. Um, yeah, and as yeah. well, you know the because uh, it obviously mentions the five percent. If the five percent is I, is not uh, is not enough, well, we I could take be, the lot kind of thing. I love the lyric, you know. The, be, um, be thankful I don't take it all. Take it all. That's the I, one. And even and the, uh, even the one about the ferryman, you know, obviously putting the you know get the coins in your eyes for the ferryman. I, you know, I, the, I, the afterlife, I, not that. I, to, declare the coins in your eyes, I, not that. That's that's I, really 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 yeah, clever, I, you know. So, yeah. You know. But um, I'm blown away. I'm, I'm totally blown away. That's George because I, I, I didn't know that. I just thought that was John singing. I just uh, so George. George is, you know, people talk about Lennon being the kind of sarcastic, kind of caustic kind of one, but George George wrote some biting songs, man. Um, mm. uh, you know, for instance, this one, he, he, he did one um, the following year called "It's Only a Northern Song," and Northern songs were the Beatles publishing company. Oh, and it, right, right. And it, it, it was just like, it, it just, I think he was sick of being a Beatle. And it's just like, it's, it's only a Northern song. It's, it's only a Northern song, you know? Yeah. It's, it's just like, it's just weediness coming through the aye. thing. You know, here's your like, product. Uh, here's aye, your, aye, it's like, aye, it, it doesn't matter what clothes I wear, what I say, or, you know, or do. It's only a Northern song, you know? It's just like, I'm fucking sick of this, you know? And, and he was the one that was, you know, um, he hated being a Beatle, um, certainly um, when it got to a certain point. Um, McCartney was the one that was always dead enthusiastic. You know, he he was holding the band together um, uh, at certain points, you know. Um, although he he was technically the one that broke up the band because he was the first one to officially leave, um, even though they, all the other ones want, they wanted to do it first, you know. Uh, so Lennon uh, wasn't yeah. very happy that McCartney did it first because <laughs> he wanted to do it first. Uh, he know. wanted to be a cooler one. Uh, uh, I just... uh, <laughs> um, so, uh, and, uh, and a lot of people find Paul McCartney quite annoying because just because he's good, he's he's really good at everything, you know. Um, speaking of Paul McCartney, track two, Ellen a rugby. Well, Kevin, this song is very short. I like a lot of these songs. Um, just wanted to say a wee bit about this before we start. Um, this is one of the ones that was on that tape that I was talking about. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Earlier on, because it was obviously, obviously a number one, like all the single singles were right enough. But um, but this this one used to freak me out. Right. As, as a really young kid, I think it was just the, the cello and the kind of darkness uh, of it. Yeah, yeah. Really, really just, I, I, I was always intrigued by it, but it, it, it always yeah. unset, unsettled me. You yeah. know, when I was a kid, you know. So that, yeah, that, I mean, this this is, well, for me, it's fucking stunning. Um, 
And uh, this is, well, basically, you know, it's fairly obvious that none of the Beatles played in this. It was obviously just Paul singing. Um, and uh, so what happened was um, George Martin wrote the score for this, um, but Paul played the, the, you know, his rough melody on the piano. And, and then you know, Martin George, took that and... George Martin sat and right. uh, scored that out. And Paul, his instructions were, I want, I want it to sound biting and not cloying, you know, like kind of sweet or anything. I want, I want it to really, you know, yeah. cut through, bite. Um, so Jeff Emerick, the engineer, uh, they, they got the the string quartet in, and uh, you know they all set up and all that. And uh, he was thinking, right, okay, they want the he wants the strings to really, you know, pop, choppy, really choppy, aye. yeah. So he, he, he might he, he might them quite close. You can tell because it's really abrasive <laughs> sounding. And yeah. the players, the, the players were just you know they, they were thinking, oh, you've you know you've put that in the wrong place. So they moved their chairs back. <laughs> so, and uh, in the in studio two in Abbey Road, it's uh, the, the control rooms up some stairs. So Jeff Emmett had already went into the control room and he's watching them move their chairs back, and he's like. Ah. Right. You got way back up here and tell and them. Way back down, he's like, you know, he just, he, without saying anything, he just you know moved the mics forward again. He thought, well, they'll get the message that you know that's where we want the mics, and they moved the chairs <laughs> back again. Musical and mics. So he just popped. <laughs> he, he popped his head out and he's like, going to stop moving your chairs back. You know, um, <laughs> you're fine where you are, and you know, they I, I don't even think that uh, MD knows who these people were. You know, I don't think uh. they've, they've ever been credited. Um, but they're like, ah, okay, fair enough. It's your, you know, that's your you money want. kind of thing. Aye. So, uh, so you can you can certainly the the, the cello is heavy. It's yeah. like a guitar almost. It's quite yeah. ch- um, chunky and thick and yeah. And uh, and that well, oh, and there it is. And, and the and the lyrics for a young man. You know what age was he? About twenty twenty four or something like that. And to write these kind of lyrics, you know, yeah, really heavy. Yeah, yeah. But even to think about lonely people and all that when you're yeah. a young millionaire and all that, you know, amazing. Hey, could not Liverpool, mate? Everybody's fucking miserable there. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, just lost Liverpool, listen. <laughs> mate, we're from Glasgow. Nobody's more miserable than Glaswegians, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Very true, mate. This is one of my favourite Beatles songs, though. Stunning. I love how heavy the cello sounds. Like you're saying it's choppy, it's dead choppy. Even the lyrics are heavy, I know. Heavy lyrics, you know, really, really. Way that sweeps across, obviously, the stereo there. It's good that they actually changed their topics, uh, what they were singing about as well, because that must have been quite, quite laborious, writing love songs and stuff mm. like that constantly. Ah, this dark cello's got serious weight, man. Yeah. Even by today's standards, it's still get. That's cracking. That'll be the because the string quartet, so that'll be the violins in the top one, and mm. the cello's the. Yep. Ah, that's it. I'll be the violin stuff. See this? The way the cello follows them down there. Ah, just. Mm, ah, ah, yeah. Ah. 
it's I've I found a new appreciation for um, his vocals because I was never really a big Paul McCartney. Uh, to be fair, I was never really that into uh, John Lennon's voice either. But he services the song really well. Obviously, mm. you know the, the lyrics are the, the lyrics are really good. I the really hard fadeouts. Yeah, tax yeah. Taxman is the same. Nella Rigney just really fades out really hard. It's not that slow. Yeah. A slow mm-hmm. kind of like fading it out. It's the, the, the just yeah. There's a song done. Fade it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little with a dial. You know. Aye. Yeah. And, and, and just, it's yeah. They, they don't mess about. They're in and out. You know. Um, and not you know no repetition or any kind of um, attempt to you know. You know, bands that came later, they were, you know, because they were, they were coming out of jams, you know, a lot of these songs mm. were, you know, there was a lot of noodling about and all that, you know, yeah. that would, they would just be left in, whereas, you know, they, it was very economic, you know, the Beatles, you know, just, I, that, well, we've said what we need to say, right, stop, you know. That was, uh, that was kind of, I think we, I said this in a, a pod before, might have been off a pod, I'm not sure about the Beatles, and that was... Like kind of, I think I brought up the, the something similar to what you're saying about the, you know the, the length of the songs, and I always thought you know I can hear a lot of these a lot of these songs in my mind. They're very they're, they're like half of songs, like, like you know, yeah. Like I I know that people are going to want to slit my throat for saying this, but Eleanor Rigby, for example, that's such a strong melody arrangement, and then it just stops. And I mm. get what I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying about the whole being economic, but I always think is that a wee bit of a cop out. Although I love the song and and I think the song's great and I love the way it sounds, but I always think like you know you can write, and again it's hard to judge the Beatles on this because they were the first to do even this hook laid yeah. and stuff, but it's very short, so yeah. it's kind of strange because that, to it's, me this I, song is set up to be a bigger song and it, mm-hmm. and it is. Yeah. It's kind of, it almost it's like, sounds like the intro to something that would be a bigger yeah. piece of music. Aye, where it ends, yeah. where it ends, you could almost see it going into a big middle section. Aye, but yeah, really, like, yeah, really dramatic, yeah. you know, kind of yeah. really, you know, I mean, yeah. with lots of stuff going on and maybe back to a verse and then out or whatever, you know. Um, but, I, but I think a lot of this is it's like you're kind of alluding to, Joe. It's kind of like you're looking, you're looking at these songs through the prism of after I think when you're, you've you've experienced so ah, exactly. yeah. but I mean it, but like I'm saying it's like like I said it's like it's a criticism but I I know why people would be annoyed at me saying it's a criticism yeah. because they were the first to do these type of pop songs where they were really yeah. catchy but yeah. I, I, but to me they kind of end abruptly and they kind of and they feel like half some of them feel like half ideas albeit amazing ideas yeah. and the amazing melodies it's, I, I think it's just a convention at the time it was like a song right, this is, needs to be X amount of, two, you know, two and a half, at the very most, two and a half minutes long. If That's you, crazy. You know, um, but you think the Beatles would have broke that convention then? Wouldn't you? I you think suppose they would have Pepper was different. Yeah, yeah. The, so they, so they had oh, a, song, a, day, a day in their life, which is like Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody would be a song you could compare that to, but it's getting yeah. three different sections and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, what, 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 1975, you know, <laughs> you're my execs are saying, no, you're not releasing that as a single with Queen, we bore that. You know, so it was it was going on even then, that this is too long for a sick, you know, you need to edit this and you need to, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's yeah, that, that, that's, that, that's interesting. I, I've never thought of that. I've never thought, I want more. I want more of that. I've never. I, I, you I know, always I, just think that's absolutely perfect. You know. No, listen. It's probably on, like, on, on to the next one. Kind of. It's thing. probably like David says. It's because everything that I like came after it, 
and yeah, obviously you had bands yeah. like Pink Floyd and, and, and Queen and, 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 the, and the, those songs were longer songs and, and, and it's like I almost expect these these songs to be longer but I get what you're saying um, and I understand why they're and obviously it, for the time they had to be a certain length or whatever and it's interesting because this album cited as the, you know the the beginning of psychedelia and uh, and out of psychedelia you had like things like astronomy domini and all that which like, is really long you know, later aye, aye. Uh, you know uh just epic jams and all that you know um, i'm not by the way i'm not saying like like going to like a whole space odyssey in the middle of a song but it's just <laughs> almost like i would it's like i they're just like as it's either i say i just think these songs seem like half ideas and then yeah, yeah. and i think great. and i think uh like you know, all great, all great bands. You know, eventually time overtook the Beatles, and and they probably split up at the best, you know, mm-hmm. the optimum time they could. Because I think if they went on, they would have, people would have just started laughing at them. I think, given that the way other music was going at the time, you know, um, and I don't give. I mean, obviously, the you know the the, the evolution. Of this band in the space of three years. You know, oh, it's ridiculous! Get, you know, it's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> you go for the first album, you know, to this one. It's like night like, day. Jesus Christ! Right, we, I think I'm going to have to cut in because we've got 16 songs left to play, <laughs> and, we're, and we're, a, we're a third of the way through our time. Yeah. So right. I, need to, yeah. I need to put my foot down here and crack, crack away. This song's good. This song's good. This song's good. Cheers. See you later. <laughs> you skip your submarine anyway, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, funnily enough, this is the longest one on the, the album coming next to uh, no. <laughs> by one second, I think. <laughs> so that's about what you were saying, Paul, about Lennon yeah. being a lazy bastard then and no one yeah. got. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that feels sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Paul, Paul McCartney used to go and wake him up in the afternoon for writing sessions. Um, he was uh, using LSD every day by this point. Um, so... That, and the fact that he, by his own admission he was just a lazy bastard he couldn't be bothered with anything you know nah, maybe yeah. maybe undiagnosed depression or something like that who knows but um sure. yeah um but John he was good at this kind of stuff he was like I need to write a song I'll, I'll just write a song about how pissed off I am about Whatever. You actually get through at that moment and, in time. Oh, yeah. And there but you go. You can relate. Uh, you can relate. Uh, writing yeah. songs that people can relate to, I suppose, yeah. isn't it? Uh, I mean, the Suggs version was far superior to this, though, you know. Oh, I remember that one I, in the 90s. I, I remember I, like, I mean, I, I like Madness, but I, that was fish. I, <laughs> <laughs> and the guitar in this sounds amazing, actually. Backwards guitar. Aye. Aye. A lot of that on this album, aren't there? Ah, certainly, yeah. certainly a few moments. I like the harmonies, I think the vocal harmonies are great in this as well, man. Actually, on the harmonies, I was going to ask you, Paul, was it predominantly John and Paul, or is, is uh, George in there? Is it three of them, or is it just the two of them? Or so, all... uh, just depends on the song, I guess. Or... It's usually just John and Paul. John and Paul. I thought that would have been the case. Aye. Right, the back was guitar. That would have been quite new for the time as well. Yeah, first two ever. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and it's got that. I mean, even the even the acoustic is is kind of slovenly as well. It's like yeah, yeah, and that's that's been slowed down as well. They've slowed down the tape. Ah, okay, right. That effect, aye, yeah, kind of really, yeah, lazy. 
even the drums, the drum fills almost like Ringo's just his his arms are like almost flailing on the <laughs> on the on the kit coming out of me, but he's maybe like uh, been told like nobody like go to bed for about two days before we record this song. <laughs> Aye. <laughs> Aye, it's, a, it's a good wee song. This was one of my dad used to play a lot. This was my dad's period of the Beatles. I think I said that to you, Paul. Like, although he was into them from the start, but he always played from Rubber Soul. Rubber Soul uh, 1 uh, Abbey, yeah. Abbey Road. It wasn't, I always remember he wasn't really that into the White Album. Hmm. I always remember that being one that he, he didn't really rate that much. The White Album's great, but it is a mess. It's just like, you know. That was maybe why he didn't like it, because it probably took too much to listen to it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that was the one that I gave most of a blast uh, 15 years ago or something, 16 mm. years ago, something like that. I went through a wee phase and I was, going th- I was dipping in and out albums and I listened to the, the White Album a few times and I think there's good music on it. Aye, there is. There's a on it. Aye, Hitler's Skelters 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 on it. Aye, He's a layman. So this there's is a, so so this is a bit of we're not really sure how much John played in this. John, sorry, George. I was going to say that's it Ravi Shankar or somebody that played on it or something. No, they got uh, there was a a thing in London at the time called the Asian Music Circle. Um, so they phoned these guys up and I think there was three of them came and they they just played. You know, they played. And uh, it's uh, so it's, it's a tabla player, sitar player, and uh, George as well. And uh, oh, what's, what's the name of that other? It's like a it's like a huge sitar, but it's called something else. A tambura. Tambura, right? Aye, right okay, aye. The, the thing's absolutely huge, and it's made out of metal. Right. And the and, I love yeah. that. See that? Yeah. Yeah. Aye, it's a, that's Brilliant. a guitar. Backwards. A buzzsaw guitar. guitar. Buzz oh, guitar. Aye. I thought it was a backwards. Back something, yeah. something backwards. I love this song. This song great. Mm-hmm. I love the percussion. Is that Ringo playing the percussion? No, I said tab- uh, it's ta- a tabla. So, so it's like a it's like bongos. Right. Guy just sits to two. Yeah. yeah. So basically, um, Ringo and. and isn't really on this and, and John's not so it's just probably stuff. George and that, that, the, that George Asian group that they were talking I, about I, that's right. it just George himself and, amazing yeah. well I mean I would, whoever's playing the sitar is amazing mm. like properly brilliant at it and it's weird because they're doing bends is that is that typical of sitar playing you hear the the bend like I, you know I, I don't, don't know enough about it <laughs> but I don't think it is I don't think I, mean, no, I don't know I don't know <laughs> that's, I don't a, very, that's a very blues yeah. thing you know to bend mm. the string up Again, production-wise, this is amazing how clear it is. And the, the lyrics are good in this as well. Yeah. The people standing around that will screw you in the ground. Yeah. Is that a kind of take on people that are basically like kind of licking their ass because they're famous at this point? Is it, is it a kind of it's, jab uh, at them? Yeah, I say... I think George said it was just about how he's feeling at the time about the world and uh, just negative. You know, just I. Everybody's <laughs> just out. Like everybody's that. out to take a piece of you kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love this bit where it speeds up. Yeah, yeah. brilliant man. Uh, this is one of definitely one of my favourite things on it, without a doubt. 
this to me sounds so much more like years ahead of some of the other songs that are on it as well. Like, mm. do you know what I mean? You know, like Taxman is as good as it is. It's, you can still tell it's for the six the sixties, but is that okay? It's psychedelic, but it it almost sounds kind of like you could do it now and it would make sense. <laughs> mm. ah, I get that. Aye. Aye, and uh, aye. it's even the the wee melody draws does that. Brilliant. Aye, aye. Me, it, he it, said it, it's a specific way of singing. He's singing an, an Indian name Indian, as right, well. Right. He's, but, he's, um, he's mimicking the. I didn't even know that was George singing. By I thought it was Lennon. Because <laughs> Ian Anderson stole that. And thick as a brick, there's that, there's that oh, same ah, mel- melody. That's that, right. that, so he does. Totally so does, he does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So here, there, and everywhere, Paul. Um, this is uh, this is a song that some people will use to say that Paul McCartney is too cute and too syrupy, sweet and syrupy. Yeah. But I disagree. I think this is fucking beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's lovely. Yeah, it's one of the greatest no, songs like I've ever written, man, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Um, is it Paul that's singing it? Yeah. He's making his voice sound different. He kind of almost sounds yeah. like Lennon a wee bit. Yeah. Uh, that's the one thing I find when the three of them are very close yeah. in terms of how they sound. Aye. I wasn't really till they went solo, you could hear quite distinctly how yeah. different their voices were. But I think in the yeah. Beatles, they kind of almost, to me, sounded very similar to each other. Right. You know? And kinda the fact, like, that, the fact um, that they thought George was singing on Tax... Uh, sorry, John was singing on Tax Man, you know? Kind of like Rick and, and Dave and Pink Floyd. Absolutely, aye, same thing. Very that, similar aye. sounding totally. voices, aye. That's that. I totally thought I didn't realise that was Paul. That, to me, he's trying to sound like almost like John. Yeah. And I like this, see this guitar, this chromatic oh, that, guitar. That's, that's brilliant, aye. That's, uh, yeah. That is totally out of place, but it works. It, it almost gives it a really a kind of dark edge for a wee, mm-hmm. for a wee minute, and then it yeah. goes away. It's like, there's a lot of unconventional bits like that in this album. Yeah. Where it, it jars the the key, that it's almost like wee parts that come in that are a different key. Yep. Or accidental yeah. notes no, or something, is- you know what I mean? Accidental, I mean, as in within the scale kind of thing. You know, that's what I called accidentals. It's kind of like the wee extra notes that don't belong to the scale, but they're kind of fine kind of thing. Aye. I can think about how sweet that is, and then this comes in. So this is, uh, this is actually, this is Paul's response to God Only Knows, the Beach Boys song, which right. is beautiful as well. This is his, this is him inspired by it. Uh, and uh, I, th- I, this is better as far as I'm concerned, but God only knows it's a great song as well. But yeah. harmonies are really nice in the back, man. Yeah, it kind of sounds like kind of you could like a rock and roll vibe, like a rock and roll ballad vibe. Aye, I mean, yeah, like yeah. Kind of, yeah. You know. absolutely. Yeah. Aye, that's the thing I've got to laugh at. See when people compare Oasis to the Beatles, I'm like. <laughs> Fucking behave, man! It's yeah. like it's like they, they they take the absolute base level, um, you know, the base level fucking Beatles influence, you know, yeah. like the most the most obvious way you could rip them off in the most. Simple, I you know. I always uh, I always think yeah. of that. Great I guess how it is. David Quantic, he's a kind of author and oh, I, journalist. Yep, yep. He he says that Oasis are the Beatles for murderers. <laughs> 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 this is pretty cool. I like bash, nothing bashing Oasis, but I like. I was, just, I was just trying to make the point that you know how advanced these guys were, you know, mm. and their instruments and their the compositions and, the, ah, and, the, exactly. and the, yeah. you know they go 
Three calls. They, they, they do three calls and then actually, you know, actually lift melodies from the Beatles. Yeah. And it's like, Nah, nah, they don't sing like the people and, and, and they just stick a sitar in there and that's it aye, you know, and they get somebody aye. else to play it like they, they have well, literally they have zero chops man <laughs> <laughs> so yeah well submarine yeah well um, just for a wee bit of info um, this is the set the second most played song on this album on Spotify that's horrific <laughs> that's mental the first the first being Eleanor Rigby this, this song's terrible man you're, you're not a kid anymore. Neither were fucking like there, they were adults. What the fuck? This, this reminds me of being at school. Uh, me I was too. At primary school. Yep. We used to me sing too. this. We used to As sing When I'm 64. Yep. And I, when I, I, well. I was going to say. That's why I hate it. I was going to say the exact same thing. I always remember being in the music room in primary school and yeah. the piano. Listen, the listen, music man, teacher I, come in once a week and then it'd be this yeah, and when I'm 64. Yeah. I, I was the same. we used was... to sing crappy hymns for the first part and then <laughs> I started then get some Beatles. to sing Yellow Submarine. <laughs> listen, man, I, I, get, I get how unbelievably catchy it is, man. You know what I mean? I get the skill behind how simple but ultimately effective it is in the sense that it goes in your brain. You know, but I just don't like it. It's gonna, it, it, it sticks out like a sore thumb given the previous five tracks you've heard. Aye, it's, like depth, it's, aye, it's like a depth. Aye, so that, so this is, uh, this is Ringo. So aye, Ringo always aye. got to sing in a song on the album. Uh, so this is that. Um, and this bit here, it's interesting because he went into the, the EMI sound library and they found this brass band thing and they, they thought, oh, that'll do, because they were looking for all different sounds to make, you know. Um, and uh, George Martin became a wee bit worried that whoever had done some sort of Polish band or some brass band, he was worried that they might uh, sue them. It. So what he said was, right, cut the tape up into little bits, throw it up in the air, and pick them up, and put them, splice them together, in the order you pick them up. So it's basically all jumbled <laughs> up. So. That's what came out. That, that was the way I get round the copyright thing. You know, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty cool, cool story. Uh, see, you love it now because of that wee story. Nah, I don't, man. It's, does this fuck all do it, man? <laughs> <laughs> Just plods, eh? Nah, it's not for me. This song's not for me. Nah. Ah, it's definitely the worst song on it. It's but like the octopus's garden of this album. Yeah, and he sat and Ringo sang on that as well, didn't he? He did indeed. Yeah, <laughs> I've not got anything against Ringo. Just the songs they give him to sing are shite. But well, they're not going to give him a good one, are they? Oh, the fuck! He's a drummer. Did he write it? No, ah, McCartney. Okay. McCartney I, mostly. I, I just assumed he wrote it because no. it's no, it, really noticeably different no. in terms of like quality. <laughs> I thought you know he he actually wrote it. The only Ringo Beatles, write anything? The only Beatles song he wrote is on the White Album. It's called Good Night, and it's about two minutes long or something. It's is not. It it's all right. It's it's like him putting kids to bed basically. Now it's time for bed. It's <laughs> like, amazing, man. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, t- talking about Ringo. The next track, she said, she said, what great drumming, man. Uh, this is the sound of the cat is brilliant. Fucking sound unbelievable. It's amazing. So, so, so well recorded. 
this song's got a time signature change that's yeah. fucking mental, man. Yeah. Like, I'll point it out when it happens. This compositionally is mental. And on the surface, it, it would probably be dismissed as quite a simple song. And the, the thing turn, is... The turnaround's mental. Uh, uh, no, not exactly what you're talking about, man. And this, this, uh, this song, um, Soundgarden on Super Unknown. Oh, this I told the this. Total vibe that they were going for on certain songs. Aye. Aye. Tim chords. Aye. Melodies. Same way you're singing melodies yeah. and everything. Aye. Even drum sound. Even that bit. Down Aye. there. Down Aye, exactly. There. Here it comes. It's coming up. Aye. When I was a boy. Aye. It, it, com- here. Aye. Completely changes t- uh, the key, the time signatures. Completely yeah. different. Yeah. So this was this was written by Lennon. Uh, they were at they were at a rented house in the Hollywood Hills, and they were having a party. And Peter Fonda, the actor, oh, was, yeah. was out his face in acid, and he kept coming up to Lennon and going, "I know what it's like to be dead. I, I know <laughs> right. what it's like to be dead. I know." What, and Lennon eventually got him chipped, thrown out. He's like, "Get him out of here! He's freaking me out, man." You know. <laughs> then he wrote a song about He's it. Still it, guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is by far like one of the best produced songs on it as well, but sonically, really clear. I love this turnaround, man. This turnaround is genius, man. It goes against the beat as well. Ah, it's it's like, yeah. totally. It is completely different, but it fits. Uh, see, people t- people talk about Rain as being Ringo's best drum performance, but this pushes it close, man. Fucking brilliant, man. Brilliant drum playing, man. Look, you can clarify this for me, Paul. I remember, my, obviously, my dad being quite a historian in the Beatles as, to the Beatles as well. He said to me once that there was an interview that he saw, it might have been when they were still a band and they were still about, they, they, they said that, um, that to Paul or John about Ringo, he said, what do you think of Ringo as a drummer? And one of them apparently said, Ringo isn't even the best drummer in the Beatles. No, that's, it's actually false. It was Jasper Carrot that said that. Right, yeah. <laughs> this is, this is a, a uh, comedy. Uh, uh, ah, right. All oh, right, okay. I wasn't sure a, if it was bullshit. It's absolutely it. false. Um, although Paul McCartney does play drums in it, three or four Beatles songs. Um, the Ballad of John and Yoko, for instance, he plays drums in that, which is one of the, the, the last things they ever did. But um, Why was that? Was there a reason for that? It was only him and John that were in the studio at the time. Um, and Why did just, they get it done? Aye, basically, I think... Uh, Cool. Yeah. Uh, that's, that song for me is amazing. I love that aye. that turn that, that turn around, man. Mm, really yeah. smart. Really smart. Aye. One of the best best on it. I definitely agree with that. Mm. Yep. So the next one, Good Day Sunshine. We've had a good day sunshine here in here in Enough. central Scotland. Absolutely. So this is probably one of the more simple songs on it. It's just yeah, like just a, it's just that kind of vibe, really. It's not really being anything. Yeah. I'll <laughs> be honest, vocal driven. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest. This is kind of another one that I don't dislike it, but I'm kind of indifferent with it. I'm just kind of yeah. like I'm the same. It's not. Bob McCartney for me, right? Can go from writing obviously things like Eleanor Rigby that are amazing to writing yeah. stuff like this that sounds yeah. like music your your granny would li- yeah. dance to. Uh, it's funny you should say granny because that's <laughs> that was one of the things that uh, Lennon accused him of 
There's an interview in the mid-70s, he's like, like music for the guy about Paul was, he used to write all that granny shit. I didn't even know that, man, there you go. Well, he's fucking right, because that's his pure granny music, man. <laughs> Ah, I, I, I mean, it's pleasant enough, but I, there's, there's, there's zero depth to this That's song, like, man. Well, I took the piano over there. Yeah. I will say, the vocal melodies kill, like the, the, the harmonies. The vocals are good, man. The harmonies, nah, the, harmonies, are good, nah. the harmonies are really tight, actually. I've got a new appreciation for them. I like, I like at the end to just keep repeating it. The fade out, that's cool, man. Aye. It's well performed, it's just... I'm, I'm the same, happy. Joe. I, this is, I'm the same. It's one of the ones that's. Aye. Certainly a lot better than Yellow Submarine, we'd agree. Yeah. <laughs> oh, aye, that wouldn't be hard, aye. <laughs> to me, this sounds like kind of what Wings. See, that's why I didn't like Wings, because a lot of Wings stuff sounds like this. You could to be me, right. to me. The drums are actually pretty cool in this, they're, they're a bit off-kilter. That yeah, feels that, that, cool. Nah, like, hit, like, with the, like, the, the crashes there, the It's a wee bit off-kilter, yeah. aye. Pretty smart. Cool. Good day, sunshine. So the next one, Andrew Bird can sing. But you don't get me. Ah, uh, this is one of my favourites on aye. it, man. So this is, this, this, is, this is really good. Possibly the first ever use of dual guitar. Right. So, so Paul and George are playing the same. This is a great tune, man. See this bit here, this, you don't get me. That harmony's great, man. And the guitar riff is cracking. Yeah. It totally so, reminds me of, uh, see, like, Manic Street Preachers, see the, the guitar lick in it? Obviously, or, uh, yeah, how, yeah. something that they would do on, like, the Holy Bible or something like that. I don't know what you mean, huh? The bass line's brilliant and all. Who's singing that? Is that John Lennon? John Lennon. Yeah. Yep. Aye, that's yeah. bit here. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So there's a there's a brilliant version of this on the anthology CDs, where Paul and John uh, Paul and John are absolutely pissing themselves trying to they're doing the they're, they're obviously I'm doing the sure. vocal, right. and and. They're just absolutely pissing themselves while this backing track's playing in the, the, the you know, playing in the background. Uh, it's uh, get it right it's really good. Uh, it's the, guitars, the guitars are really cool, they're a wee bit driven as well. Mm -hmm. There's a wee bit of distortion on them. And the thing right. is, there's a lot of melodies and this is the, the melody in the chorus there and I'll, there's a few melodies on this and like, I've heard this before. And you know you've heard it after, <laughs> you know, ah, it's not been before, you know, because... But I, I mean, that's not to say that the Beatles didn't... No, oh, they were still Beatles. rock roll, they still... Because like up to this point, they're stealing off a Little Richard, they're stealing country songs or... Yeah, no. yeah. Well, it's, it's just songs, songs that you know I would be more familiar with, obviously, you know, because I'd be popular in that. But, um, but like I say, it's if, if I'm recognising them, it's more likely going to be yeah, afterwards, you know. So the Beatles off, aye, aye, aye. yeah, it's more likely. But yeah, but no, that's I agree. That's a, that's one of the best. The Beatles best had, ones the, Be the Beatles had the, the talent of getting into ripping 
things off before everybody else <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and compiling all the different styles. I mean, that, I that, that's not I a do. knock. Absolutely. And that comes from the days at Hamburg where they were asked to do like three, four hour sets a day and they were out their tits and amphetamines and they would just knock out any kind of music, country, Aye. you know, rock and roll, Aye. anything, oh. you know. Crazy, crazy, uh, crazy diverse. They, yeah, um, that's where they learned their, their, their craft, you know. Mm-hmm. So next one, Mr. Aye. McCartney for no one. Oh, that, that's, that's a great song, man. Mm. I love this, man. This is brilliant. Yeah. The, the original title was Why Did It Die? <laughs> uh, relationship. The lyrics Aye. are really beautiful in this song. Aye. They're in a kind of sad way. So he was, in a, he was on a skiing holiday with his then girlfriend Jane Asher. She's in Switzerland, ah, I think. Okay. And uh, they, they just had a fight, so he wrote this in the toilet. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm really spot on, though. It's like, you know. So, uh, clavichord getting played here. Yeah, okay. yeah. A wee bit of the old uh, golden brown ripped that off, man. Oh, aye, aye. Yeah. Stranglers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Nah, I like this song, man. Yeah. And I love this bit, this note he chooses here. It's a really weird note to go to, but it's really, really good. So, the French horn that you're hearing there is played by a guy called Alan Civil, who was at the time one of the, the greatest in the world. Right. And uh, Paul, you know, when he was in. You know, that it's like I want you to play this, and and he's like, oh, there's a, I think it was an E note or something like that, a high E, and he's like, my instrument can't reach that, I can't do that, and he's and Paul McCartney's like, ah, well, give it a try, and he's like, ah, well, I'm telling you now, my instrument can't get that, and he's like, give it a try, so he went, he went in, and I, I think this Alan Civil guy was that angry that he actually managed it, so so really uh, hard and. He managed to get this note that, you know, um, so... Pretty uh, mental. So McCartney being quite pushy to, what you know, one of the greatest classical musicians, you know, around at the time, you know. Uh, Again, this song seems to be really, really short. Yeah, more to it. Else. Yeah. Because even that, even the, even the French horn coming back in there for a wee section, almost like a wee solo thing. Yeah. There at that, Aye. you know, before it ended there, and then Aye. maybe a wee vocal bit, and then out again. But again, I, I, I think, think I, I think it's I, I I think it's more more you know contemporary kind of music kind of like styles that we are comparing this to, you know, um, a lot of the time. And I know, and I, I know your point, Joe, but I think sometimes like the, you know, I guess I guess at the time it's like you know, especially I would say from. Nick, the following year onwards when things started getting you know more soundscapey way things and all that and bands ex- experimenting and all that I suppose there may be a point where people went back to this just give me a two fucking minute song here man just, aye, just give aye, me you know aye, true. in and get aye. out kind of thing you know mm-hmm. uh, I don't know but I agree with aye, you I, mean, I, can, I can hear I can hear where potentially these songs could go go for another yeah. even another minute no necessarily but an arse out of it you know but like another minute mm-hmm. maybe even you know to me but um I'm judging Paul McCartney's because his ones seem to be the short, really short ones. I might be, maybe I'm talking shite, but I, I seem to think that they're the really short ones. He kind of tends to write like almost like nursery rhymes in the sense that, you know, the you know, nursery rhymes are just maybe one repetitive sort of thing that's really catchy and sticks in your head. Um, mm. That's kind of the impression I get with a lot of Paul McCartney stuff. It's, it's 
I'm super catchy, but there isn't really that much to it. And 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 like I listen, man, before everybody starts what to slip my throat in here for saying this again. <laughs> but it's just like there's not a lot to really delve into or on the fact that the surface melody is really catchy with some of these songs. Like uh, for me, um there's maybe I, obviously some of the instrumentation is really dense. Like I'm like Eleanor Rigby, the you know, the although it's short, the classical parts and stuff are like really dense, they're really smart. So there's there's more underneath to really delve into and listen to, but but like I said, that song, it's a really nice wee melody, but there's not really that much going on. Um, that be I, again, I'm just trying to see it for light and shade. I'm not going to lick everything's ass. Do you know what I mean? As much as I like it, I, I, that's kind of how I am. But I get where you're coming from. Obviously, it's after the, this that maybe people start to, and the Beatles themselves start to kind of lengthen their songs a bit more. Ah, uh, that's the thing. Um, and and that's the thing. I just just kind of guess they pick up what Joe's saying as well. For anybody's <laughs> that. Is punishing herself by listening to this. If you're a massive, <laughs> massive Beatles fan, I, I don't know this album inside out. All you know, all I can say is what I'm hearing and, and what I like about ah, certain things. You know, I, I, you know, we might be getting things wrong here, and you know, I don't know. Paul's probably more bang on than us, obviously. But um, you know, uh, it's that's it. You know, it's just kind of like um, let's try to be as honest as, as we can about what we're hearing and, and you know where we'd like the songs to go potentially I suppose you know if, if we, we we get our hands on it you know um, kind of thing I suppose um, there you are but no nah. see you can criticise the Beatles of course you can <laughs> you can but then you you have to die now so, you die so next track Dr Robert a John Lennon composition. Aye, this is just pure rock and roll. <laughs> so it's about a doctor in New York who apparently at the time was giving out, if you were rich and famous, he would give you anything you wanted kind of thing. But a cool. doctor feel good type of guy, you know. Uh, uh, this to me is like, like completely 60s. This is totally dated to the time. You know what I mean? Whereas you yeah. listen to like um, the sitar tune, and that can be recorded at any point in history. Whereas this is very much a, a stamp of when it was recorded. Although you get the harmonium breaking in, and it turns into a hymn for a second. And then it uh, no, I mean, yeah. obviously yeah. it's get smart. It's get it's smarter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Ah, it's an alright tune. It's a tune. Well, well, well. It's again, even stuff like that. I mean, I do. I harmonium, but yeah, yeah. That takes out the kind of the norm. But the, it's even like the, the way arpeggiating the sounds of the arpeggiated guitars and all that, you know. It's like the things like the birds did and all that, you yeah. know. And it's, you can yep. hear where, you know, the bands yep. have heard these things and went, oh, right, that's a, that's yep. a sound there, there's something in that. I think it's Joe alluded to earlier on. It's like certain bands are taking certain sounds of the Beatles and homing in on them. That's why it's kind of like we talked about with Queen. You know, you, you, so many different versions of Queen that you can have. And obviously the Beatles, Aye. exactly the same. You know, it's like Oasis yep. have chose to home in the, the kind of guitar stuff and, you yep. know, some some the make folks in the more psychedelics. Exactly. That's it. See, this is what makes it really cool that part aye no because it kind of takes it out of the straight rock and roll good tune though it's just kind of straightforward I like aye. it yeah I like it
Again, I'm working off. Actually, I'm working on. I guess contemporary kind of fade out there <laughs> than the rock <laughs> fade outs that we've heard some of the other ones. Aye, totally. No, that was a good, good, good wee wrong old tune. Like that. Mm-hmm. No, so, so we've got George next. I want to tell you. So George unusually gets three tracks in this album. Um, you normally just get one or two, but right. uh, it's got three here. It's like giving Roger three tracks in a Queen album, isn't it? It's true. Aye. Only George. Only George, George <laughs> might be my new favourite Beatle. Good that drum snare, sound again, that man. That sounds great. Uh, Ah, this tune's cool, man. I like this tune. This has got the chromatic piano part that totally yeah. sounds fucked to you. This part. Dissonance. This aye. part. Yeah. Aye. It's called aye, that, the kind of scored bit. But... Aye. Yeah. Aye. It yeah. just really doesn't belong, yeah. but it but it works. <laughs> it's to me like you listen to the song before this and you listen to this, and they sound like decades apart. Mm. Like this doesn't necessarily sound like 60s to me this song whereas the previous song really did this is maybe where the Beatles were well, genuinely creating their own thing with things like that you know what I mean where it is just their own thing we just uh, discordant chord there as well um, yeah. we played piano in the Beatles in uh, all of them. Well, apart from Ringo, the th- three of them played. So I, uh, I think uh, Paul was probably the most aye, accomplished. Accomplished, yeah. Is his uh, dad not a his dad a was piano a player, piano player, and a trumpet player. Yeah, so. And the thing about you know you're talking about the recording techniques earlier on, Paul. I think the thing about this is listening to this whole album it's you can hear how clear everything is I mean yeah. and a lot of can I even early 70s stuff there's a lot of there's a lot of fry on the, the instruments you know they've been they've been they've been recorded in the red basically and you can hear it yeah and I don't think it was always intentional whereas this has been this is kind of and I know if they're, they're, they were doing that they were doing that purposely yeah. but it's everything's so clear even the drums like I said I've got a new respect for their harmonies, man. Their harmonies are excellent. That's for the, uh, the... They've got a word for it. Beatlesque, don't they? Harmonies. Mm-hmm. King's X, can I use that? Ah, yeah. King's ah, X. Galactic yeah. Cowboys. So it's the same band. It's just a heavy metal version of King's <laughs> X. A thrash King's version. So, Paul, next. Got to get you into my life. Um... It's not what you think it's about. Yeah. It's about Mary Joanna. Oh, is that cool? Yes. Yep. Nice one. So even something that you think, ah, it's a straight love song. The first one in this album, it's not about pot. So there you are. Smoking dope. Uh Ganja. Bit of hash. Well, I know this song inside out because it's on... The end of the Minions, and my Wayne's watched the Minions oh. 20 odd times, so this was on the end. Actually, the soundtrack to the Minions is really cool. Those horns are cool, man. Aye. It's uh, Georgie Fames, trumpet players. Oh, is it right? Yeah. 
and again uh, they were they were mates they put the mics in the bells uh, rather than you know uh, a stand mic or something just stand aye, it, you know, put them right in put them inside aye, aye. Aye. Yeah. Aye. so they, they almost distort a wee bit yeah and again that was Paul I want a specific sound I want them close you know, really. aye, aye. 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 and again this is this is I'm going for a stack sound Oh, and, in, and interestingly, the, before they just did this album, they thought about going to America to record, and they were going to go to Stax. Oh, the studio, ah, and, cool. and they, right. uh, Steve Cropper, who Aye. was a producer at Stax at the time, yep. was you know was approached, and, and amazingly, he didn't really know who the Beatles were. He's like, oh, some band from England, I okay. Um, <laughs> But uh, it turned out to be too expensive for the Beatles to go over there and record. Uh, I think about probably because of, cause of who they were, they, were, they bumped the prices up or whatever. Uh, but, um, just, just priced them out. To, yeah. to me, I could totally hear like the Supremes or somebody singing this song. Like, you know, somebody yeah. like that. The I did that dance moves and their arms out and all that. Yeah. Aye. 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 But again, it's got that cropper sound, I know, you know, even guitar. You know, you can picture a cropper playing that. Try to get his uh, little Richard sort of singing yeah. on the go yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Aye, that was... Little Richard was Paul's hero. Right. He could, he could actually... Not in this, but he could, he could get the high notes that aye, Richard could die. Aye. Aye. Yeah. Yeah. Aye, so that's not a bad wee tune. Ah, it's good. Catchy. You know, it's kind of like... Um, it's, that's the thing. I mean, we're one song away from the whole album being finished. And I think that's this is... You know, Paul, you obviously asked us to listen to this one. And I think it's a good... It's almost a perfect example of the Beatles... Diversity, you know, yeah. and people oh, might aye, people might point to a lot across albums the board. Well, where, where they might get a bit wackier or whatever, you know, and there'll probably be examples of that later on or earlier or whatever. Um, but I think, I think if you if you think if you don't like this album, then I don't think you like the Beatles. I would I would go and the lemon say that this because because I think there's enough of you know their DNA in this that you're probably unlikely to like anything else, you know. Mm. Um, if you're no, if you're not into this album, and I definitely, I am, I'm going to keep getting back to it anyway. So, don't know about mm-hmm. don't you, Joe. Kind of thing. If you listen to this a lot, a lot more, I know, you know, I, if you're going to keep getting back no, to this, I think I will. And I'm going to, I'm going oh, to delve deeper as well. You know, it's just round just the surface. You know, like I've been doing before, kind of thing. You know. Well, that's yeah. I, I, that's what I was going to say. It's made, it's made me listen to the other albums. Like I'd never, like I say, I've heard them all. You know, subconsciously, but. Um, mm, yeah. I'd never sat and listened to like um, Magical Mystery Tour in my life, but I listened mm. to it the other day and I was like, this, mm. this has got some really good stuff on it. Um, yeah, but yeah. I think like, with most of the people's albums that I've listened to, which is maybe like, you know, maybe six or six yeah. or seven, I, I, there, is a lot, there is a lot of stuff that uh, I so don't like as well, uh, do you know what I mean? So in Magical Mystery, you've got I Am The Walrus, which, which is, is a great tune. Aye, brilliant. Half aye. the chain, man. Aye, brilliant. Like, aye, aye. Yeah. Um, aye, yeah. Yes. It's Strawberry Fields is on that as well, which is an amazing tune. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Basically, um, it's like they're the, as I think I, I like that. I like the drugged out Beatles, man. 
Aye, <laughs> <laughs> I think aye, most people would yeah. agree with that. Aye. Yeah, I mean, I think apart from this, I mean, Sergeant Pepper's the one I, I know pretty well. I went through after. Aye, I know that. Yep. A while ago, I listened to that fairly a lot, kind of thing. Um, but in uh, a life's a great, a great song. Nah, it's a, nah, it's a better, absolute better. But uh, no, I think I'm going to because I think even when because uh, we're going to talk about. Um, so Paul's asked us to listen to paperback, paperback writer and Rain mm. because they were part of the same sessions for Revolver. So we'll come on to them, but. I think even listening to them in Spotify because they're singles, I would just pick them off like the collection albums, but it would mm. just inevitably go on to the next, next tuning, fact, you know, yeah. and then Lady Madonna yeah. would come on and things like that. And yeah. you're thinking, oh, all right, so you know, there's a lot more to delve into here, you know. And mm. you oh, know, it's, am- it's, it's amazing it's, how, how many songs I know. You actually know, I, I, without realizing that. I, so I think, um, obviously, yeah. like, they're, they're, you know, they're just part of culture, aren't they? Culture. You know, it's just, they're, you know, they're, they're just right. so. Yeah, you know. nah, there's, there's no escape for the Beatles. No. Um, so one track left of the, the album, um, and this is pff, fucking unbelievable. This is my favorite. This is this is probably my favorite song on it. This Aye. is this is my favorite Beatles song. Ah, it's amazing. And, a, do you know? Yeah. For me, for me, it's the, dr- the drum beat. I'll fucking love it's, the drum yeah, beat in this man. Did it on boom? Yeah, boom. Yeah, it's simple, did, but it's really did, effective. Did you slacken the um, the snare the skins and, oh, and put it put it through an echo unit just to get that? that. And amazing, again, man. it's very Indian music influence. It's like brilliant. It's right. like uh, John having a go at the Indian thing, you know. And, yeah. and is this John? Is this ah? Right. This is John Lennon. Um, and uh, that you know, there's there's a drone going through it, which is obviously mm-hmm. an Indian music thing as well. There's, there's some of these tracks do have like a kind of drone thing. It's usually McCartney's bass. It's kind of droning in the background, so you're getting that thing going through right through. Can't um, wait, aye. I mean, th- th- this is this is one chord. It's a C chord played all the way it through. It's class, and pff, it's fucking. Aye, you you, you wouldn't oh. think that to listen to it, aye. And it, and it sounds very complex and all that, but. You know, and it's bare bones. It's not, but it's the, the it's these tape loops. Um, Aye, brilliant. So it was specifically McCartney who was influenced by Stockhausen and all that. Who used right. to use tape loops and all that. You know, used to cut up tape and make you know sounds and all that. Um, and they all got they all he got them all into it. So he he bought them all tape decks. So they would have like tape decks in their house. They would start asking about with you know uh tapes and stuff um and the the story as with this you know that the, there's certain sounds there's like a seagull recorded and it slowed down and put through all sorts of you know um there's a there's a note from an orchestra like a b note or something played and it slowed down and manipulated and yeah um john lennon um so it's it's basically about his uh, experience with LSD and the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Um, Us. <laughs> that the he Book was, of the uh, Dead. That, that he, uh, he was reading a book by Timothy Leary um, called The Psychedelic Experience. And this book goes on about the Tibetan Book of the Dead and about how if you take LSD, you can expand your mind to such a, a an extent that your ego will disappear. If you take enough LSD, Aye. your ego will, you know, you, you won't be you anymore, but you'll be one with the, all, all this crap, you know, you'll be one with the universe and all that. So the uh, 
turn off your mind and relax and float downstream and all that. That's that's literally from the Tibetan Book of the Dead, you know. Yeah. So it's pretty cool, you know, even just the lyrics and that. Because um, yeah, he revisits that because obviously on I'm only sleeping. He uses that line, didn't he? Float downstream. Aye, float down. Aye, aye so he's using aye, it again here. Yeah, aye. yeah. So. I mean, this guy was taking heroic amounts of LSD every day, and he, you know, he could have ended up a, a casualty like Peter Green or Sid Barrett. Barrett. Yeah, but luckily he got out. Yeah, you know, or or he had the, you know, the the, the willpower. Aye, the fortitude to to um, to ride it out or whatever. But this is just this is an incredible track. Um, and actually, I, I thought that uh, the Chemical Brothers had sampled this, but they didn't. They sample it. They basically mimicked it. Yeah. On that song, uh, set, yeah. set, set and Sun, um, yeah. which no yeah. no Gal- 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 sings on. Um, they just they just mimicked his. I went, but I went, I, I stuck it on. I went, no, that's 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 no sample. That's a completely new drum. And I looked into it, and I apparently they were just I basically mimicking the beat. Right, they mimic uh, it. That's so, it. But, the, but the thing is, like, see, see, on the, not just because of the Chemical Brothers connection, but it's you know it, you could he- hear that as a contemporary kind of well, certainly nineties kind of. Dance mm-hmm. thing, you know. I yep. mean, the way it's been yep. put in, and there's a bit you can, of, see, it, you can see people with their tits in ecstasy, yeah. Because <laughs> there's actually a weird bit as it goes to the end, just as it fades out, there's that weird piano bit, and it's almost like 90s dance music. It's like <laughs> the way it, the way it just kind of does you hear it as it fades out, it's kind of weird. It's just uh, you know, it's uh, but I agree with Joe, it's just it's this that I got, I, I don't know what my actual favorite on it is, but this is a contender, absolutely. It's uh, yeah. right. a, a to me, there's there's, 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 music. there's depth there's depth in this that right. that some of the songs don't have for me. You know, what I mean? and all the, even all the reverse kind of instruments and stuff they just ah, yeah. Sound the same. Ah, yeah. Really um, so uh, um, Lennon's instructions was that he wanted the sound. He, he wanted he had an, an an image of Tibetan monks on a mountainside singing, right. chanting, and all that. Um, and that was the sound he was looking for for his vocals. So right. like, how the how the hell are we going to do that? Lennon, Lennon himself had the idea that they would tie him on a harness on the ceiling and swing him back and forward, and he he would sing as as he passed Fuck the mic sake. kind of thing <laughs> back and forwards, and they're like, no, we're not. That's bizarre, man. So what they did was imagine they died doing that. That'd be funny, <laughs> man. They, they they opened up a Leslie cabinet, which is the rotating. Uh, speakers for a, a Hammond organ. They went in there, they broke into it, and they, they, they managed to make it up so that his vocals are swirling round to get that. He that sang into it. Did he yeah. sing into it? Yeah. To get that effect. Hey, yeah. Um, brilliant, man. So, you know, these, these guys are sitting going, right, okay, how are we going to get this? You know, that kind of just that ingenuity that two guys in a shed. Think that's something just, you know. Just, uh, try aye, things you know, and see if it see if it works. Uh. Just that in, ingenuity, you know. Um, I, I, as with I, without further ado, stick it on, man. It's yeah, let's brilliant. go for it. Who plays the sitar in this? Do you know? I'm assuming it would be Harrison. Uh, mm. Rose. I mean that doesn't it sound like the sixties. No. Feel that all that backward shit there. It's yeah. it's mental. If somebody so done they, that now, you'd be like, that's cool, man. Yeah, so they, ha- they they had to get people from the offices at Abbey Road to stand in corridors 
to stretch the tape out so people were standing with pencils. Aye, because it's that long. Aye, <laughs> so, so that the tape could aye, go right round. Men, yeah. Mental man. Yeah. I love all the backwards shit going on there, the tape loops. Absolutely. But that's the thing, if that was... If this was it, which it could be it today, this song yeah. could be released today by a ah, band. Aye, totally. And, you know, six music, it'd be the song of the week for, like, six months or something if mm. this was released now you know it'd be picked up like and it would be revealed you know even today never mind uh, how much it's revealed already kind of thing it must have been the first to do kind of abstract stuff like that eh like see all that shit there with the guitars backwards oh, and cutting up tape and all that aye, abstract yeah, pretty much yeah especially in popular popular music yeah. inverted commas do you know what I mean so the crazy Noise, screechy, kind of. That's brilliant. As, as the seagulls. The, Is that the, the seagulls, the right? Aye. That's class. I love. I fucking love the drum sound, man. Aye. For me, that this song brilliant. is all about the beat. The beat's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. So that's how just they're just trying to recreate the tabla thing, rather than just get actual tablas. Aye. They've uh, slackened the the snare. I slackened just... it so much, I thought it was the tom. Aye. Yeah. Like a high tom, no, no, a low tom, like a high tom, and then just put it, put it through an echo, just to get that. Ah, this tune's belt. Snare, but the kit, kit sounds amazing. The snare just punches right through, man. That's another thing, right? See him riding the ride symbol like that. That I don't really think people were doing that like that, were they? Mm-hmm. Before, like really hit, because he's just constantly maybe not and bean stuff, aye, but aye, maybe not. It's because it's constant all the uh, way through. You know, the ride was usually used to bink, 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 you know, mm. in jazz and stuff. It was never really just pounded. And that, this is, uh, this for me is the least kind of clean sounding song on it. But Aye. you can still hear everything. Listen. Which is amazing. Listen. Nah. You can hear like a 90s dance tune, you know. It's just like, aye. It reminds me of that. Yeah, that was Revolver. Aye. Album's class. The album's class. There's absolutely no doubt about it. And uh, aye, my, my appreciation for the Beatles is lifted, definitely. And uh, I don't know if they've got under my skin yet. Mm. It might happen, but they're not completely under my skin yet. But in terms of like, aye, this, this band were absolutely class. Aye, absolutely. Yeah, aye. Without a doubt. Um, well, you know, uh, the previous album, Rubber Soul, a lot of people lump this in together. It's a bit like the a night opera, a day to races thing. Aye, so rubber Soul vibe. Revolver. Yeah. Although Rubber Soul's more folk orientated, it's very Bob Dylan in a lot but, of ways. Aye, aye Norwegian Wood and things Norwegian like that. Norwegian Wood might be one of my favourite Beatles songs, man. That's class. Mm, aye. So that, that, that and of, of course, that was the first use of Sita uh, mm. for, for the Beatles, you know. And that was George. Just, just he just bought one, and he's, he didn't really know what to do with it, but he managed to get this the, uh, the tune out. Of it. Yeah, uh, Aye, great song, man. Mm-hmm. I think, I think uh, for me as well, just coming back to like the Beatles for me, I think, I think it's because uh, like if this had been, an, uh, let's say, mu- like music history would be completely different, right? I know this is all and butts and all the rest of it. If the Beatles had been a kind of almost like a fringe band that sold all right. I might, I might listen to this album and go, this band are fucking amazing. They're, you know, yeah. wow. I'm just, I think it's just because I've been elevated so high 
Yeah. And and if I don't feel that, you know, if I'm not feeling the way everybody's going absolutely crazy, batshit crazy about the Beatles, and I don't feel that, mm. I feel like it's I, it's a it's hard to explain. It's kind of like I yeah. I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not I'm not I'm not. I'm not euphoric about the Beatles, so... You had to be there, I think, to experience it as it was happening. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. But um, I think it's because that they've been elevated that high, and I, I'm not there. You know, I'm no, mm. I'm no way up there. I'm kind of way, way doing it. It's kind of like I experience it completely differently. Mm. Um, I don't know. I'm not... I'd a better way explaining that in my, it's in my head. <laughs> For me, it's like, I think, uh, you know, I'm going to delve into these, these more of their albums in depth and stuff. And I think the Beatles are going to be one of those bands that I could probably make a fifth, maybe a 50 song compilation and I'll fucking love it. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a, yeah. there is stuff that I just don't like. Mm-hmm. There's not, the only song that I don't like in this album is Yellow Submarine. I, I, there's other songs on it that, like I said, that aren't as good for me as others, pretty much because there's just not enough to them. They're just not yeah. flushed out uh, enough for me. But, but there is undeniably amazing stuff on this man like that song there's amazing mm. um the other sea tartune you know eleanor rigby is a great song um and there's a bunch about three or four other ones that are excellent do you know what i mean mm-hmm. so so um so we've done it we've done the album um and uh just because we like you a lot we're going to add another couple of tracks so these tracks were recorded um during the same sessions for a revolver and the Beatles being the Beatles, uh, they always give, gave you great value. They released singles that weren't on the album that was due to come out. So you got more music, yeah. Um, so Paperback Writer and uh, the B-side, Rain. I mistakenly told you it was a double A-side. It wasn't a double A-side. It was um, an A-side oh, right. and a B-side, okay. right. um, which is unusual because uh, <laughs> the previous one, and the one after are double A-sides. I just assumed they were all double A-sides, but this one wasn't. And maybe it should have been because the rain is amazing, but that's the B-side. So the, these uh, track, this single was released on the 30th of May, 1966. So come out on the 30th of May, the album came out in August the 5th. So, you know, um, just, to, just to keep people ticking over, remind, remind people that the Beatles are still uh, a going concern kind of thing. And uh, but I, I just want I, I just thought we'd throw these on because they're important tracks. They're, they're, they're great tracks, and especially Rain. Is, Rain's a very important song, I think, because it you know it kind of heralded the way the band were going. Uh, it gave you a, a, a wee indication of the, the sound that was coming in Revolver. I think Paperback maybe just a wee bit more more a, a kind of straight thing. But so, strangely, some people cite it as a I can a proto heavy metal song because it's very yeah, riff based. I can get that. I can get that. Mm-hmm. It's, yep. a, it's a driving riff all, all the way through it. The riff is outstanding. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's a, it's a good riff. riff um, so, yeah. I, we'll stick Paperback Writer on. Let's go. And again, brilliant, brilliant drum sound. Yeah. Cool vocal harmonies, man. Aye, this is heavy as fuck, man. Can you yeah. imagine when that came out? That would have been like, yeah. what the fuck yeah. is this? Aye, that one hundred percent is early heavy metal, man. Definitely. Does this predate the Kinks? Um, would you may call it? Uh, you really got me. Aye, I think you really got me with sixty-five. 
the year before. Oh, really? Because uh, that's fucking heavy, man. Yeah. Guitar's obviously overdriven as well, man. Mm. Queen, you can sort of hear the kind of Queen sort of influence. Aye, aye, on Queen, aye. Queen, aye. Again, Who wrote I, this? Was this, this John funny. Lennon? McCartney. Really? Right, mm-hmm. okay, I would have thought it was John Lennon. So they, so they obviously do write similar songs to a point, and then start to... Yeah, aye, aye. And then it's going to kind of branch off from the White Album onwards, yeah. Yeah, this is one I remember well from that, that tape I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Aye, me as well. My dad's had this one on quite a lot. That this must was... have been mental at that time to have all that kind of vocal harmony shit. I'm pretty sure they... Yeah, this was, they actually played this live because there's footage of them playing it at the Budokan in Japan, in Tokyo, yeah. So, obviously they didn't play anything on Revolver live, but they played this. That would um, have been cool to hear. You couldn't hear it over the girls screaming, but, you know what I mean? <laughs> it was even cool when it came out of the the chorus there, you know, or the, the harmony there, when they, they all sang, and it goes back into the main riff. So it's just you just hear um, Ringo and who's playing the who's playing the riff then? Is it I take that be George then? That's George. Aye. George, right? Okay, so you just hear them two, and then it's not until the second round of the riff that you hear the Paul coming in with the bass. So it's really kind of really kind of like cutting, and then you hear the yeah. bass warming it up in the second time around. That's again really clever, you know. You just mm. hear that in the the the, the cans there, man. It's, really it's cool. as tight as tight as well, man. Like ah, yeah, really aye. tight. Like the rhythm section is insanely tight, man. Absolutely, man. That's a great track. I really like that. Ah, it's a cracker, yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah. Cracker. And uh, the next track, Wayne, um, which, you know, um, when you someone says that Ringo's a crap drummer, everybody says, well, what about Rain? Well, there's actually quite a lot of tracks that suggest that Ringo's a fucking really good drummer. Um, but this is, yeah, yeah the, the drumming in this is incredible. Um, this is a John Lennon track, and it's basically just him writing about how he's annoyed that everybody keeps going on about the weather. So he wrote a song about the weather. <laughs> Was he in Scotland yeah. at the time by any chance, man? <laughs> uh, aye. So, I mean, that, it's as simple as that, but it, it's great. It's uh, it's slowed down in certain parts. You know, it, the tape's deliberately slowed down to give a kind of, you know, that miserable feel yeah and McCartney's bass is droning away in the background there's a drone all the way through it again very Indian Indian influence you know Um, just a a fucking great track man Um, uh, aye what can I say it's it's probably one of the greatest B-sides ever you know as far as I'm concerned aye Uh, argument there man yeah cool hit it bitch And again, that melody's been stolen. Somebody's used that melody. Oh, I, I, I've heard that I, before. I, I don't remember ever hearing this song before until I listened to it for the pod. 
Oasis, mate. Could be. It definitely is Oasis, man. This is what I'm talking about, the, like the, 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 the easy part of the Beatles to rip is stuff like this. Like, mm. In a sense that it's easy, it's just straight chords and that melody. That's where the Oasis obviously ripped the Beatles off at the absolute bass level. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Shine. Shine. So that this is uh, the, the recording a promo for this and paperback writer, which are regarded as the world's first music videos. You know, paperback writer. The, the promo was all it was shown on top of the pops. So when people say it's Bohemian Rhapsody, mm. uh, maybe not. Look, mate, it was Queen, right? Oh, <laughs> Guitar playing's quality, man. Everything's bass dead. Playing. Everything's dead clear as well. It's just mm. recorded so beautifully. His bass sounds great, oh. man. And to get that kind of dreamy kind of thing, they've slowed the tape down, the vocal. Uh... That bass sounds monstrous, man. Brilliant, yeah. aye. The actual playing's great, man. Mm. Great drum sound, man. Listen, that, that, even that crash, that, the way it just slowly. Yeah. And uh, the, the backwards vocals there, the, the fade out. Mm. Good tune, man. Brilliant. Yeah. So that was Paperback Writer and Rain. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Oh, back to who? <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's that, boys. Aye. Revolver, paperback writer in rain. Any closing remarks before we shut this down? Down. David, you first. No, I, I think I've said all I need to say, and I think it's. Uh, I'm. I'm going to explore more, and uh, I suppose I would say to anybody listening um, that wants to hear us delve into some more albums, um, given that myself and Joe are. Aye, we know the Beatles very well, but we're not, we're not kind of put them under the mi- microscope that much. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to hear us do some more Beatles albums, <laughs> then let us know on Twitter. Or are, you th- are you thinking, nah, you boys shut the fuck up? <laughs> That's fine as well. That's cool. I'm all right with that. I'm just listen to them privately. <laughs> but, uh, you should do that, mate. <laughs> but uh, no, no, really enjoyed it, and it was it was good to get our. Uh, you know, because obviously previously we did the downward spiral, and that's that's a very mm. you know by nine, nine inch nails, and that was a very particular kind of album that that kind of yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, but listen, this was a good good week, kind of yeah. like kind of uplifting kind of album, you know, for the Aye. most part, you know. So yeah, and it's it's good to do something that maybe one of his absolutely loves, and the other two are kind of 
Ah, Aye. you know. Yeah. Um, so it, it's good that way. It's good mm-hmm. that we're not we're not just all on the same page and oh, this is great. Well, and, you know. Um, would it, well, well, I'll throw something over at you then, Paul. What do you think of what me and David have said about the album and criticisms included? Do you do everything you, you every everything you say is perfectly valid because it's your opinion and you, ah, you know what no, I mean? That's no, it. I don't I obviously, but you know, you're being diplomatic. Do you think like I was being a bit of a prick for saying that the song's going to say flushed it? I think he's had a couple of beetle hating pricks. No, no, <laughs> no. As I said before, that, that, that's something I never, I've never thought of. Like, I, I want Ellen Rigby to go on for a few more yeah. bars or anything. I've, I've never, it's never crossed my mind. I just think that's fucking perfect. The way I wonder it is. if I'm and, the only guy in the world that thinks that. Then, no, you're definitely not because I agree with you. So, ah, I fuck, I saw you did die. I definitely know. I totally see where you're coming from. Um, I suppose, I suppose, I suppose on that, you know, rather that, rather than being kind of too short, if you want, to, if you want to use the term too short, then fucking six minutes long and outstaying their welcome kind of thing, you know. So no, but uh, listen, I, even even six minutes, some of these songs are like two and a half, you no, know, two minutes and change, man. Do you know what I mean? If you no, but what I'm saying is, aye, aye, no, what I'm saying is, if they, you know, the temptation with some bands, they do put songs yeah, too long. Aye. So rather, rather that than. You know, well, yeah. your two minute song than something that is end up ends up seven minutes and it's and it does outstay its welcome kind of thing. No, I think that's I, I think that's what they were good at doing, just getting in there and getting out kind of thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. yeah. But I, I agree. I, I do hear extra bits. You know, after, <laughs> you know, I agree with Joe. Ah, you kind kind of like you know you've drank like three quarters of a pint and you're like, oh, I'm looking forward to getting the rest of this pint tanned and you know get that wee extra. Buzz, and the, bar, and the just, bartender takes it away. From you. <laughs> you're just like you're you're, you're sitting left with. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, like you say, I'm judging it on things that came later. No. But well, something like that. Do you know what? I, you're actually saying that you want more Beatles than what they recorded. That sounds. It, it sounds like you're pure mega fans now. So that's great. Uh, maybe. Listen, man. Yeah. I, 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 I like. Like I said, man. I, I like a lot of it. Do you know what I mean? I just not like David. I just. Uh, I, I would need to yeah. delve into I say, that. like David said at the start, if, if you've not got that emotional connection, because I, as I said, that I haven't got that with Led Zeppelin or the Rolling Stones. I can appreciate their influence and their importance, and you know they've got some good tunes that I can enjoy. But I've just not there, no. there's something there's a there's a wee X factor that yeah. just doesn't happen. No, for no, me. For, for and, me and the, that's fine. You know, no, for me the Beatles do have. I, I I do actually feel a connection, and I really like these songs. I think it is like. Like, I can go back to say the same thing again. Like I said, I think it's just that this, I want the songs to be longer. So I think that's the only thing that, <laughs> that, that makes me kind of go, oh, fuck, man. It would be like Bohemian Rhapsody if it never had the heavy bit at the end and it just finished. Mm. You would be like, oh, fuck. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it was just the yeah. piano bit at the start. They didn't even go to the middle. I didn't, so it didn't even get to the middle. Aye, exactly. Yeah. 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 Away and stuff. Aye. Aye. Yeah, but, uh, aye. yeah it's, it's interesting. I, I, as I say, it's something I've never thought about. You know, uh, aye, it's uh, that's, uh, that's, that's interesting. Aye, that's cool, man. It's cool. like it's it's good because because how many podcasts have you done now? And uh, you always you know every now and again yeah, you yeah, get a wee yeah. surprise. You're like, ah, fuck, right. I've never you, thought of that. You know, you, you two, you two guys have obviously I said things and I've been fuck, man. I never even thought of that shit. So mm. aye, definitely. So ah, uh, okay. So that was. That was uh, that was good. That was. And, I uh, enjoyed it. Yeah. So, you know, 
let us know when when you if you get if you if you've got to this far on the podcast and you're still listening. Um, hit us up on Twitter. We're at Lappods. Yep. And uh, talk to us about the Beatles or anything else. Or you know, do you want us to do some you know some other album, some other band? Well, let us know. Well, and we'll probably just ignore you, but you know, we'll, yeah. we'll be nice about it. Ah, exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, cool. Uh, keep talking. Keep talking, man. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you on the next one, which will be in a couple of weeks, hopefully. Okay. Cheers. <laughs>